0: First coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First
1: Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host Ethan Hurston from the Sunshine State of Florida. And today, we'll be talking about Finch, Clifford the Big Red Dog, and cast from the Clifford the Red Red Dog. But first, we'll be listening to Tiana's interview on Finch. Hey, Tiana, how you doing? I'm doing fine yourself. I'm good. So let's get this show rolling. What is this story about? Yes, so
2: Finch tells the story of Finch, the main character, or at least one of the main characters. He's played by Tom Hanks. And his character survived an apocalypse with only his dog Goodyear and his new robot that he built named Jeff, who was played by Caleb Landry Jones. So the whole reason that Finch builds Jeff um, is to look and protect after Goodyear in case he dies from the effects of the apocalypse, since he's actually the only human that survived this apocalypse. So now he's uh, going on a journey with year and Jeff and an RV trying to find a home that they can live in with each other um to stay safe so they're thinking about like moving to San Francisco um so that's really what it's about just their whole journey and how they build a bond with each other. So you were
1: explaining about an apocalypse a robot so is this in a cartoony I'm trying I'm feeling like a cartoony thing or is it like a real life movie?
2: So this is a live action. And one part that I really do love is that the CGI is amazing. I mean, they have scenes with a tornado um, that they uh, use inside of Finch. So this is a live action. It has amazing CGI. Jeff is also uh, C- CGI. So I do see how you would say that this is uh, sounds like an animated film. But no, it is an incredibly made live action.
1: That's crazy. I thought, like, maybe it would be a cartoon, but, uh, like, they're, yeah. they're just really good with CGI. And that brings me to my next question. If some of the characters are CGI, do you think that the characters that weren't did a good job pretending like they were there?
2: Yeah, so, um, as I mentioned before, there were no other um, humans who survived the apocalypse. So, technically, or really, in reality, Tom Hanks was the only human actor who was there, the only person he really got to interact with, because since Jeff the Robot is CGI, he's not really there, and he can't really communicate with the dog Goodyear, <laughs> and he's not a person. So, um, yeah, I would have to say, Tom Hanks definitely did an amazing job um, doing his role, talking to absolutely no one, but basically <laughs> Denier. So... This
1: uh, there's an interesting movie. Is there any morals at all?
2: Uh, yes. So the message to Finch is it really just focuses on learning about life, love, and friendship and what it means to be human. And you get to learn about that from how Finch spends his entire time in the film teaching Jeff about how to be human so that he can properly take care of Goodyear in case anything happens to him. Like I said, in case he dies from the effects of the apocalypse Um, and even teaching him about having trust and really, you know, building a bond with Goodyear. So everything uh, goes well, in a sense. So, yeah, I think that's the main moral. But I mean, I'm sure if you watch it, you're going to get some other things. But I think that's the key thing that you learn about.
1: All right. I'll definitely I'll definitely watch it and I'll see if I can get the same moral. You're listening (laughs) to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Finch, Clifford the Big Red Dog, guest from Clifford the Big Red Dog, and right now, we're going back to Tiana's review on Finch. So, Tiana, what is, like, how did they make the set and everything? Do you think they did well on making the set? Did it look like it was on the time the movie's supposed to be? Or
2: the live action, sorry. Um... Like, when you say, like, the time, like, do you think, like, are you saying, like, you think that the setting really matches what they're trying to get through with the plot?
1: Well, I mean, you said it's an apocalypse, so do you think that they fit that? Like, was there a bunch of fire, destroyed buildings, or how was it made?
2: So, really, um, Finch focuses more on, like, the journey. So, there was, like, there's a little bit of a part where it says there's, like, 15 natural disasters that would be heading their way um during the journey so like finch is trying to survive through all that um i think it did do a pretty good job but like i said it kind of focused more on the journey so you don't see as much of that but there are some scenes like the tornado scene where it shows um the tornado passing by them so i think that the scenery did more of it um like the moral which was about um the bond and the friendship and the trust not really focusing on the apocalypse part. Like, the part about the apocalypse just helps drive the film and really give you a sense of why everything is happening, but it's not like the key thing to uh, what the story is trying to tell you.
1: Yeah, and you were saying there's a lot of disasters. So I I don't know, I'm like the type of person who would like to see like those disastrous movies, kind of like when Godzilla destroys things. So do you think you had a favorite part because of, like, those 15 natural disasters, I don't know,
2: destroying things? My favorite parts, well, there were, I'm going to say, there was a lot of funny parts. <laughs> so my favorite parts, I guess, in terms of, like, the actual natural disasters, I think, like, the tornado scene was really cool. Um, because it showed, like, how they had to, and it says nail down the RV to the ground. Um, and it all really took Jeff's. Um, strength and hard work that actually ended up saving them. Um, but in general, um, one of the funniest parts of Finch is I guess Jeff is like the thing that kind of brings all of that together because, like, there's two things. So, one, when Jeff was trying to build, in a sense, a bond with Goodyear, the dog, he was actually barking at Goodyear trying to understand. What he was saying almost like communicating. And the other funny thing with Jeff is that he takes things a little a little too literal. So there was a part where Finch told Jeff that there were holes in the skies like in the sky like Swiss cheese. And so Jeff went off and was actually trying to locate the cheese. <laughs> yeah. So
1: what is your star rating and age recommendation for this film? And when and where can we see this film? Or live action. Yeah.
2: Yep. So I rate Finch five out of five stars, and I recommend it for kids ages 10 to 18 plus adults. Um, this is definitely a film that I feel like people who like, you know, sci fi action dramas, but also some comedy um, would like to watch. And you can find it on Apple TV plus streaming now. Um, so make sure to go and watch it. It was amazing. <laughs> so let's take a break.
1: I'm your host, Ethan Purston, from the Sunshine City of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. Are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Person, from the Sunshine City of Florida, and you've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Finch, Clifford the Big Red Dog, cast from Clifford the Big Red Dog, and Jack McBrayer on Mayor Pete. And next up, we'll be switching to Gianna and Celine's interview... On Clifford the Big Red Dog. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Good. Guys. So let's get this started. Gianna, what is Clifford the Big Red Dog about?
4: Clifford the Big Red Dog is about Emily Elizabeth, who is an outcast at her new school. And while her mother is on a trip, she's being taken care of by her Uncle Casey. And all her way to school, she comes across an animal petting tent and she meets Clifford, a little red dog. And just one morning she wakes up and Clifford is 10 feet tall and she needs to, throughout the movie she needs to find a way to get Clifford small again before she gets in trouble.
1: So this is kind of a different setting because when I used to read the book, I just saw a huge big red dog. So, see, uh, Celine, what is different, what do you think is different from the movie and the book if you've read the book?
5: It was so many years ago that I read the book. It's hard to remember all the different details. But um, Clifford was just really amazing. And I remember that I used to love the Scholastic book series as a child. And I still do, based on this movie. I still enjoy it. And it's even more fun to enjoy
1: because I know, um, I think her name was Darby Kim. She's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> She's been in a lot of my favorite movies. So that must have made it more fun. And on another note, uh, Gianna, what do you think, like how was the acting on this film of all the characters?
4: The acting in this film was really believable. Um, With all the, there's different types of scenes in this film, the two that I can remember, the the ones that stuck out to me, are the exciting scenes and the emotional scenes. In the exciting scenes, you can just see the fun side of all the characters and the actors. And in the, in the emotional scenes, it, they really portray the sad scenes really well. And you may even shed a tear while watching.
1: That was a lot of genres you were talking about. So, Celine, how do you think, or how many different genres were there? Because I've heard sad. Um, I'm assuming there's funny because I saw the trailer. So, what are all the genres?
5: Definitely comedy, especially because Jack Whitehall Jack Whitehall, who plays Uncle Casey has a comedic background. He really added to the humor of this movie and really made his role shine. And the, some of the things I like about this is, um, for example,
1: Kevin Hart, how they have a funny thing, but some actors make it even funnier. And that's what I love about actors in these type of films and movies. And Gianna, what do you think is the moral of this? Because I saw there's some sad scenes. So is there a moral or not?
4: There is a moral. And the message of this film is that it is okay to be different. It's a normal thing and it happens to everybody. And it's just okay to be different.
1: I definitely agree with that because I remember reading on the book how they were all scared. I think I forgot which one it was. It was a long time ago. It was either scared or... I forgot. But they were just they were shaming the dog. That's all I know. And I felt so bad. But I know the moral was not to make fun of differences because he was like 10 feet tall and giant and red. So I I definitely agree with that. And Celine, this is a really nice film. So there has to be a lot of favorite parts. Do you have any?
5: Yes, I do. My personal favorite. I don't want to give too much spoilers, but it's when um, Clifford was playing fetch in New York City's Central Park with a blow up ball. And it was hysterical. And I was laughing the entire time during the scene. (laughs) And Gianna, do you have any favorite parts?
4: I don't really have, well, I can't think of it on the spot, any favorite scenes, but I do like a couple aspects of the film, is that it keeps to the same concept as the original show, and um, the more he feels loved by his owner Emily Elizabeth, the bigger he gets.
5: Okay, that's a good
1: one. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about Finch, Clifford the Big Red Dog and guess from it and Jack McBray are, And right now, we're continuing Gianna and Celine's interview on Clifford the Big Red Dog. So, you were saying that he was getting bigger by the emotions. Do you think they... Well, I, of course it's CGI, so as he was getting bigger, do you think they, like, made the CGI look real?
4: The CGI was, honestly, real throughout the whole entire film. He wrote real- I, you you honestly know he's animated, but you would think he is real because that's how realistic the CGI looked.
1: <laughs> and Celine, do you think they did good on the graphics? Because adding CGI might mess up some things. Do, do you think they made any mistakes with the graphics, or was it okay?
5: No, I was so busy looking at the story, I didn't catch any mistakes. <laughs> That's how you know it's a really good movie when there's
1: no mistakes and they have CGI. That's what I love about movies. So, Tiana, what do you think, what what made this movie stand out more than the book? Because the book was really popular and that's how people know Clifford the Big Red Dog, but I feel like the movie stood out more. I don't know, maybe because the book stands out, but do you think this stood out more than the book? Like, was this better than the book kind of?
4: Well, I do like movies better than books, so I would. And I also do have some reasons because, you know, also other people like movie. And in the book you have like little funny things, but then in the movie you have funny things throughout the whole entire film.
1: Yeah. And something I just realized, he's a huge red dog. So Celine, do you think the actors did really good on pretending to see a huge red dog? Because if that was me, I would be scared.
5: (laughs) Yes, actually, when I interviewed Darby Camp and Jack Whitehall, I asked them a question regarding the how they acted with the placeholder. And she said that it was a tiny stuffed animal. And I didn't even realize it because it looks so realistic. Especially because as she's petting the dog, you wouldn't think that there's like something that's not there because it looks so real.
1: And when you were interviewing her, like, do you know how they did the CGI? Because that's a little weird how they had a little stuffed animal. But I'm so confused how they make a huge one like that.
5: No, because we didn't really talk about the CGI specifically during my interview or the production. I mainly focused on her role in the film.
1: Okay. If you ever do interview her, please ask that for me. (laughs) I just want to know how they did so well on the CGI, because I haven't seen it. I want to, but I saw the trailer, and I thought it looked really good. So, Gianna, were the people, as I was asking before, like how everyone's expressions were, what were people expressing in this movie? Because usually I'd think they'd probably be scared, but how do you think they were in this movie?
4: Well, the strangers that don't know Clifford, like the park scene, they look like they were terrified. Honestly, I would be terrified, I would be terrified too if I just see a a huge red dog running across the park and just walking in the street. I would be terrified too.
1: (laughs) And uh, Selena... What, what made this movie special? Because I know there was a lot of people saying that, like, oh, this is one of the best movies. Do you think there was something that really made this special?
5: Definitely the humor and the bond between Emily and Clifford. I love the bond between Emily and Clifford. And you could really see the emotional depth and how it grows just as a size grows. Yeah. And then, of course, Jack Whitehall. Adds the humor greatly, but there's also just so many scenes that really add to the humor.
1: And do you think they made it like you, uh Gianna, the, you were saying how they made it so realistic like that you wouldn't notice. So when he was growing, did they like make it realistic? Like maybe he like hit his head on the roof or maybe broke something.
4: Oh, when he was in Emily's apartment, he definitely broke a lot of stuff. <laughs> That, it, I, he, I'm surprised he didn't break the whole roof and the whole walls, and he just broke, like, little things in his way.
1: <laughs> so, Gianna, what is your star rating and age recommendation for this film?
4: I rate Clifford the Big Red Dog five out of five stars and recommend it for ages six to 18 plus adults.
1: And Celine, where and when can we watch this?
5: You can watch this November 10th, 2021 in theaters and on Paramount+. All
1: right. Thank you both for taking the time to speak with me. I will be watching this tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you. This is definitely on my notebook to watch. (laughs) Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Pearson from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions.
0: Tuned into Kids First, coming attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up.
1: Hey, welcome back. I'm your host Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First, coming attractions. We've been talking about Finch, Clifford the Big Red Dog, and Jack McBrayer, and right now we'll be switching to interview with cast on Clifford the Big Red Dog.
6: Benjamin Price for Kids First. Um, I want to start by talking about, can you talk about your first encounters with Clifford as a character prior to hearing anything about this movie?
7: Yeah, I definitely knew who Clifford was when I was younger and I loved the books and I actually really liked the TV show as well. And so hearing that they were going to do a live action, I was like, wait, that's so cool. Like a live action Clifford, that's going to be iconic. And then finding out that they chose me to be Emily, I was over the moon and just so like honored and blessed. And I just felt not pressure, but like excited to hopefully that everyone will love the movie as much as they love the books.
8: Yeah. And I'd read the books as a child. Um, and when the script arrived, uh, I sort of went back and and reread some of them and watched some of the animated series. Uh, they, they were in the UK, but maybe not quite as big as they are here. Uh, but I was reminded of quite how important they are to people when, uh, Uh, I signed up to do the film and it was announced in the trades and my phone exploded with loads of messages from all of my mates in America saying, oh, you better not mess this up. Clifford is such a vital part of my childhood. And, you know, we certainly felt the weight of responsibility uh, in bringing uh, Clifford to life on the big screen.
6: And you, Jack, you've said that John Cleese is a comedy hero of yours. So can you talk about getting a chance to work with him on this movie?
8: Yeah, it was an absolute um dream come true. He is uh my um hero and iconic um you know comic and an actor uh and you know they say never meet your heroes, so I was a little kind of worried about uh spending time with him, uh, but he did not disappoint. He was such a lovely, charming, uh, funny man. And I love that, you know, even though he's in his 80s now. He has this incredible sense of mischief and fun. And uh, yeah, I feel very honored to have been able to work with him.
6: Oh, and the character, too, I imagine he's just so uh, based around magic and mysteries. That must have been a really fun part of it, too.
8: Yeah, everything he says, every word that comes out of his mouth sounds so sage and wise. And uh, he has this incredible presence. Um, And I think he brought all of that to the character of Bridwell. uh, And I can't imagine anyone else playing him.
6: Uh, Casey is something of a funkel. So for the both of you, who's that family member in your life uh, who's brought a lot of fun and maybe a little bit of mischief
7: I mean, I definitely have a funkel. I mean, my uncle is really fun. You know, I think he's um, more mature than Casey. I'd say. I mean, Casey's I mean, super mature, so that's not hard to be more mature than Casey. But I'm just kidding. But um, I definitely do have a funkel who we see um, all the time. He was pretty close and we always go up there for Christmas. And yeah, definitely my, my uncle and my cousins as well.
8: I'd say all my uncles are pretty straight-laced. Most of them are doctors. None of them are really that fun. Uh, I mean, they're very nice, but they're certainly not Casey types. Uh, so I guess probably within my family, I think I am the, the fun call. I am, a, I am an uncle now. I've recently become an uncle. I've never been asked to babysit, which I think is very telling. Every other member of my family has babysat Peggy and I've never been asked to do it. So I think that's a pretty damning indictment of... Uh, of me and my role within the family. Well,
6: congrats on the funkledom um, and congratulations on the movie. Great to talk to you both today. Thank,
1: Thank you. you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about Finch, Cliff at the Big Red Dog, and Cast. And right now we're continuing to Benjamin's interview with Cast on Cliff at the Big Red Dog.
6: This is Benjamin Price for Kids First. Um, I want to start with by saying you said multiple times that you don't get to play villains enough. <laughs> Fortunately, in Clifford, you do. What is the appeal for you in playing
9: evil? Uh, I like the dark I think it's fun to play the dark side. I mean, Clifford is so, Clifford so represents, you know, so loving and embracing and celebrating the differences. And it's fun to kind of play the character that's like, nah, I see money. <laughs> I want to exploit that. And so it's, I think that helps. It only kind of, um, highlights the message when you kind of have that contrast. So it's really fun to play that contrast.
6: And what do you do to sort of get yourself in that headspace, particularly a villain here who's a little more on the kooky side?
9: I just get into all my pain and trauma, Benjamin. <laughs> so much trauma. No, um, it's, uh... Stick it on the poster. That's a, <laughs> Exactly. Tony's trauma. Um, I, uh... I don't know. I mean, I think honestly you have to, when you're playing villains or the evil one, you kind of have to resonate with something in it, or you're just going to be playing an idea of a character. Or you're not going to really be playing a real person. So like this guy, he put a lot of money into this company, Tyrion, and it's unraveling. I mean, his employees are doing stupid stuff, like making two-headed sheep and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, what's going on? And so when he sees Clifford, he sees the chance to build his company back. So you kind of have to f- try to f- resonate with that kind of desperation and the humanity of that, you know?
6: Well, and I know that you thought you you mentioned on Kimmel that your the tw- evil twin you play in mysterious Benedict society was misunderstood. Do you feel the same way about your character here? <laughs> yeah.
9: Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Benjamin, he is misunderstood. Um, he needs, he needs a lot of therapy as we all do. Um, but, yeah, I think it's like you – I think if we're all honest, there's a part of these characters in all of us, you know, so you kind of have to find those spaces. I'm going to find it in you, Benjamin. Where is it in you, Benjamin? We're going to get there.
6: <laughs> and, and like like all the best villains, you have goons. You have lackeys just sort of answering command. And I got uh, Alex Moffat as a lackey. Alex Moffat and Jessica Wynn. What was it like working Jessica with Wynn.
9: Oh, they were so fun. We kind of created a little pod team and it was really fun. Jessica had just, I think like a year before she had done Mamma Mia and I was a big fan of Alex Moffat from SNL. And that's, what's cool about doing these jobs is you get to meet these actors, you know, that you never met before and play together and we became friends. And hopefully I think next week we're going to be going to New York to do some press. So hopefully I'll see those guys and reconnect because it's been, gosh, it's been two years since we worked together.
6: Yeah, you guys shot it summer of 2019?
9: Summer of 2019. Alex had a baby since then. Oh, wow. And so it'll be fun to catch up.
6: Yeah. And do you think having those goons by your side brings out a stronger villain? Yeah, well, it's kind of,
9: it's also playing, I mean, Gary on Veep was <laughs> was such a, uh, just a defeated character. It was kind of fun to play a little bit of the Selena Meyer, Julie Louis-Dreyfus' character. Tieran's a little more of the Selena Meyer and Alex Moffat's, a little more of the Gary feep. So it was fun to kind of swap.
6: Well, and you can definitely apply the Lucille Buster. I mean, it's a little less. Yeah, exactly. It's functional, but it's the same. Yeah, it's a little less dynamic. creepy. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Congratulations on the movie.
9: Thanks, Benjamin. Thanks for having me.
6: Yeah, uh, it was a pleasure. Have a good one. All right. See you later, man.
1: Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Person, from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film
1: review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host Ethan Burston, from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Finch, Clifford the Big Red Dog and cast, and Jack McBrayer. And right now, we're switching to Benjamin's interview with Jack McBrayer.
6: Hey, Benjamin Price Kids First? So what was the catalyst for this show and more specifically, you know, setting up kindness as its central principle?
10: Excellent question. The idea for the show came from a very personal place for me just over the past few years. I think I started paying more attention and noticing how grown-ups were behaving towards each other and I uh, couldn't help but notice a a lack of compassion and a lack of civility and a lack of kindness. And so that that struck me as strange and, and quite frankly, a little bit sad. So I started thinking about when we as human beings learn these lessons, learn about empathy. And it made me think about preschool days and the programs that I would watch when I was that age. So we had fun shows like Sesame Street and Electric Company, but uh, a very special one was Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Now, I know you're very young, but I don't know if you're familiar. Have you ever seen I'm very, very familiar with Mr. Rogers, yes. Great, great, great. So that was, yes, very fortunately, that was a huge inspiration uh, for this particular show. But also, like, just I remembered the messages that I carried with me from watching him as a child.
6: And this, I feel like you were starting to get into this answer with the last question. But what were your favorite shows to watch growing up, and how did they shape the way that you approached the kind of show?
10: Perfect. Well, yes, this does lead into it. Um, <clears throat> so, Mister Rogers was really the the biggest inspiration for this. Uh, we do borrow quite a bit in terms of having a live action grown man speaking directly to our home viewer uh, about you know these. Feelings, these lessons of of tolerance and patience and cooperation, um, all through the lens of kindness. Uh, I also enjoyed, there's this one, this might be a deep cut for you, but I want you to look it up if you haven't seen it Electric Company. Electric Company was so fun. It was like kind of sketch comedy, it was educational, but it was also super fun, very catchy songs, it was playful, it was silly. Um, I, that one, that one, that was my jam. That was my yeah. jam. Um, but then also I just loved cartoons growing up. I've always, always, always loved cartoons. So I wanted to incorporate animation into this show, uh, especially to have an element of fun and, and kind of a fantastical, uh, portion of it. Uh, we call it our shared imagination moments. So it reminds me of like doing play pretend. It reminds me of being a kid on the playground where you're like imagining that, You know, we're knights climbing up a tower to defeat the dragon, whatever it is. Um, The animation ties into those feelings, uh, those principles that I used to have on the playground. Can you talk about the
6: significance of the hummingbird in the show and how you decided the important role it would end up playing?
10: So have you noticed when the hummingbird appears?
6: I I started to catch on around the third or fourth episode, yeah.
10: So it's not the most, you know... It's not hitting you over the head with it. It's a subtle nod, but we do want the hummingbird to kind of punctuate when an act of kindness happens. Now, why did we choose the hummingbird? Because, oh, I wish I could turn my computer for you. Um, I happen to, I don't know if I just live near a huge bush or tree where they nest. I have a hummingbird feeder, and these hummingbirds will flock around it and go through an entire feeder in less than a day. So I have to switch out this feeder every single day. They're about to put me in the poorhouse. But it is the most fascinating thing to watch. It's so soothing, and they're just fascinating animals if you've never seen one. Um, So the hummingbird kind of became our mascot, and uh, we were able to use it, again, anytime an act of kindness occurs within the show. That's how we kind of like just mark it. And like it took you three episodes, we're assuming that the kids will eventually start clocking it.
1: You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about Finch, Clifford the Big Red Dog, and Cast. And right now we're continuing Benjamin's interview with Jack McBrayer.
6: Can you talk about working with Dr. Yun- Yunlei Lee, the kindness and human connection expert that that stands out on this show?
10: <laughs> it Does. Uh yes, this was kind of this was a feather in my cap for sure. Dr. Junlei Lee, uh, I met in Washington, DC in 2018. To do research for this project, I, I took a deep dive. I have a comedy background, but I don't have a real background in children's programming or even children's education or development. So I knew that I wanted to do this right. I wanted to do this correctly and appropriately and meaningfully. So I knew I needed help. So I started doing research, went to this conference um of early childhood educators it was like me and nine thousand kindergarten teachers i'm not even exaggerating dr jun lay lee gave a a speech a lecture and um, the subject was what would fred rogers think about current day and he had us wrapped around his little finger it was we were all leaning forward listening to him he was the most amazing speaker what he had to say was incredible. The way he said it was amazing. He had people coming up and crying afterwards. He was just, I can't believe, it was like it was like meeting a rock star. Like the, the most quiet, humble human being talking about children's development. And I'm just sitting there like fanboy. And I was like, this man skipped his lunch break to talk to me about what I wanted to do. In 2018, before he even got involved, I cannot say enough good things about him. You put, that, you put that in your report.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, before I go, I, um, we're obviously here for the kindness show. What's the last act of kindness that you experienced?
10: Oh, what a lovely question. Let's see. I mean, it's kind of silly, but my neighbors know that I'm not much of a cook. And they kind of joke about it. But... They're always very generous, and I'll always get a text being like, hey, we have leftover whatever. Do you want it? And I don't even have to read the whole text. I'm like, yes. (laughs) My neighbors will always check in with me and just bring over just a tiny little taste of whatever it is. That means a lot to me, especially over the past couple of years. Having personal connections with people has been just invaluable, especially neighbors who can cook good. (laughs) So yes, that,
6: that, that is its own, that's its own, but yeah, it has its own value. <laughs> there you go. Well, con- <laughs> congratulations on the show. Thank you so much for talking with me today.
10: No, it was so nice to meet you. Congratulations to you and continued success, sir. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children Media, for Voice America, and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. I'm your host, Ethan Purston, from the Sunshine City of Florida, reporting for Kids First, signing off. Goodbye.